Hey, listen, I hope you enjoy this episode of the Antisocial Podcast. I understand you're probably wondering whose voice this is. So, hello, my name's JB, and I love to write big, heavy riffs with big power metal choruses, and I call it Fierce Deity, which, after you're done here, I invite you to check out, which you can do by finding me all over social media at Fierce Deity Band, or simply head to FierceDeityBand.com. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome to the Antisocial Podcast. Before we kick into this week's episode, come over and join me on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling is the place to go if you want to support this podcast. Support starts from only a buck a month, dirt cheap, and there's additional tiers there where you can get exclusive podcast episodes and much, much more. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling, come over and help me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, episode 231 of the Antisocial Podcast is here, and this week's guest is Ty Christian, a.k.a. Fang Von Rathenstein from the band Lords of the Trident from Madison, Wisconsin. One of the most over-the-top, ridiculous, awesome, amazing bands that uh, that I've I've known about. Uh, just, just an incredible band uh, playing some great power metal straight out of the U.S., and um one of the hardest working bands that that uh, that I've known about it as well. Uh, Ty is just an incredible guy and just leads uh, his band um, in this DIY DIY space, which we talk about a lot in this episode. Um, go and check out lordsofthetrident.com, of course, um, and a fantastic website with all their social media handles, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in particular, go and check out their Patreon page as well. I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash Lords of the Trident. Otherwise, you can just search for Lords of the Trident. I'll have the links in the show notes over at andysocial.net or andydowling.net, of course. Um, but yeah, great chat. We talk about Patreon. We talk about DIY stuff. We nerd out on a whole bunch of different things. Great guy to talk to. Definitely have him on the podcast again. And um, hopefully we get to meet up again. Uh, first time I met him was in 2016 at Prog Power USA in Atlanta, Georgia. And um it's been a few years since, so hopefully we'll meet up again sometime down the track. But uh, here we are. Please enjoy this great chat with Ty Christian, a.k.a. Fang Von Raffenstein. Yeah, it's it's very difficult for me to... Um to, to stop doing things you know that there was um there was a time it was about uh maybe about two maybe about a year and a half ago where um uh i just got, i got a, like a, a little like overloaded overwhelmed i think you know it was it was shortly after it was about a year after um shadows from the past came out and there was just all this like all this bad bad mojo just all happened all at the same time and it was like really sort of depressing uh uh me at at the time and I, I needed to get away and so we my wife and i planned this trip to florida to a um to a, a like we got an airbnb at this condo uh, like that i used to go to every year my grandparents had this timeshare at this condo association mm. and i hadn't been there since i was 16 years old you know and at the and i was i was 30 34 at the time so it'd been so many years but i had so many amazing memories of this place and i remember going there and like our our, our main goal was to like you know not do anything to you know no laptops. We're going to keep our phones in the condo. We're just going to like go sit on the beach for like, uh, you know, a week and a half. And, um, 
And like, it was really hard. It was like, (laughs) the first three or four days were like stressful in the fact that I just wanted to, you know, like do something. I was always planning something in my head, like, oh, we we should go see some gators or, oh, we should go see if there's a go-kart track or something. And yeah, it was, so I I, I don't know. I think that's kind of how my brain uh, functions. It's just really hard for me to, to turn that stuff off. I, I think I'm, you know, happier when I'm I'm busy, or at least I, I I've gotten to the point where you know I do so much now that I feel I feel like I should be doing it, you know, or I feel like I'm uh, like I like maybe maybe partially that I need to do it just to kind of keep the the engine moving forward. You know what I mean? It's almost like you've got a sense of calm when you're busy, like when when everything yeah. when there's chaos, it's controlled chaos. You're you you've you've got this. Uh, yeah, this uh, sort of centering uh, feeling when when you're in the midst of it all, right? You know, and, and I think that's where a lot of the you know a lot of people say I'm I'm, I'm heavily heavily DIY, and, and I 100 percent agree with that. And I think that's a that's where a lot of that um, you know sort of comes from. It it's it's partially the fact that you know I, I'd love to learn how to do X, Y, or Z or whatever we're doing at the moment, but I think also it's partially that like you know it's it's fun to to kind of keep busy in that way and to learn how to do that and to, and to sort of be able to control that aspect of the, the production of, of the creation, if you will, you know, all, all of that sort of thing surrounding the whole DIY ethos is really, is really kind of centering for me. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Is it, is it a case where you're always, oh, I don't, I'm just trying to think of the right word, but like excited just to, learn something new like a little little trick or or some way to improve what you're already doing like you're always just trying to search for something or is it just a case that you're just coming up with just ideas and and through those ideas you just stumble into oh okay I know how to do that better next time or or improve or whatever it might be <laughs> yeah I think it's you know I think for me um I have when I have an idea for something you know like I will always see the final result in my head and it will be like fully fleshed out and it'll look perfect and it'll you know like for instance if if i'm making a if i have an idea for a music video you know i'm like okay uh the camera's gonna look like this and it's gonna be lit kind of like this and there's gonna be these big sweeping motions and um oh we need fireworks we need an explosion <laughs> for the background um let's see and that and so so i have this kind of idea of what i want the final product to look like and i'm, I'm pretty specific with it you know of like okay what i want that this shot that shot to look like i always have these flashes of like you know, exact idea. Um, and then it turns into this thing of like, well, how do I do that? You know, because I've got, you know, I've got this like old uh, Canon camera, like with this kind of crappy lens that I bought for 50 bucks. Like, okay, what, what do I need to like make it look a little bit more cinematic? And then I dive into the, the rabbit hole of like lighting. And then I dive in the rabbit hole of color correction. And then I dive into the rabbit hole of like CGI and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I, I think it's less of like, you know, me sitting down at the computer going, oh, today I'm going to teach myself CGI because this <laughs> might come in handy in the future. And it's more like, no, you know, I really want to build a giant spaceship with a rotating saw blade on the front for this music <laughs> video. And I don't know how to do that. And I just need to figure out how to do that. You know, so and then it, it, it eventually turns into this whole amalgamation of like, 
I know how to do all these things, you know, well enough to a degree where people are now like, hey, hey man, would you, uh, would you record my band and, and mix my album and do my music video? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, uh, anyway. I mean, I could. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the big th- difference between, I mean, what you're doing and what people can see you're doing versus a lot of other people out there that have all these amazing ideas. So I think, I think coming up with ideas is sort of, it's a very natural thing that most people do. I think, you know, if you sit someone down and, you know, depending on whether they've got alcohol in them or not, you know, just, just thinking about my own, uh, my own experiences, like you can come up with a whole range of like weird and wonderful different things that, uh, that you could potentially do. But then there's that gap, there's that gap in between like the idea and actually executing it. It's like that follow through, it's the action, you know? And for me, like, this is, this has always been a big challenge for me. I'll, I'll have like that sort of idea in my head of something but then there's such a massive gap in between of knowledge and skill. And then you tend to sort of go, Oh, I don't know, man, this is, this is, uh, this is pretty daunting. And then, so you start with every good intention and then it starts to fade away. So even just mm-hmm. hearing you sort of go, okay, I need to learn how to do this. I need to learn how to do that. That's something that I think is missing from a lot of other people because it's just, um, it's a really tough thing to do. Just sit down and patiently start to build that skill set, learn learn bits and pieces along the way. Yeah. Well, and I I I have a friend in a band, you know, that shall not be named, and I love their band, and it's the exact same thing. You know, you'll sit down, you have a couple of beers with them, and he will come up with these amazing ideas, and you're like, yes, yes, oh my god, yes, 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 you know. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, you come back to him like three years later, and you're like, what happened to the giant robot suit, dude? And he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And it, it's funny that you mention like patiently building these these things because actually i would call it like impatiently building these that's one of the things that my wife like both loves and hates about me is that when i get one of these ideas you know when i'm like okay we're gonna you know we're gonna build a beer barrel sauna in the backyard um i i like i get up and i start it right that second and i just like and i don't stop there was there was a time um, a couple of it was it was right before this whole thing, the whole COVID nineteen thing hit. Um, that we had just gotten back from a little mini tour, and there was a stretch of of drive uh, where people were. I, I, I don't remember what, exactly what we were talking about, but you know, we there was there was a, a, a moment where everybody was kind of like, ah, you know, this is we don't have a whole lot to do. This is kind of bore, boring. All of our devices are out of juice and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, um, we we're just kind of in that hate. I think a few people were sick and, and, you know, we were talking about, we were, we were sort of discussing the plot of some old super Nintendo games. And I'm like, Oh, you guys got to play this. It's so good. Blah, blah. And nobody else had played it. And then when I got home, I got in my mind of like, you know, they make those little, those little TVs that go on the back of, you know, headrests, um, like in a car. <laughs> Um, I wonder how hard it would be to like hook up because I know like a friend of mine had hooked up a Nintendo 64 into his like built-in you know uh, video system in his minivan. Oh. I wonder how hard it would be to like to to do that. And then two days later, I had a functional like Raspberry Pi with uh, you know fifty thousand arcade games on it uh, that was hooked up to the car via USB C, and it would all start up automatically. And there was a you know uh, there was a Bluetooth. A controller, you know, a set of Bluetooth controllers, and then I'd splice it over to a second monitor. You know, it's just like when I get these ideas, it's like 
I have to act on them and then they just they just manifest themselves into reality. So so it's really it's less of a of a patiently building up my skill set and it's more of like a you know impatient I'm you know I'm I'm the Veruca salt of of DIY. Don't care how I want it now. You know <laughs> I can I'm just visualizing that very small window of time between coming home and actually getting it all done where you pretty much just immersed yourself in this obsessive way where you just you just haven't stopped, you haven't come up for air at all. Just just with this goal in places and it becomes not just this nice to have, oh that'd be kind of cool. It's now like it has to happen and you know, it could be almost the stakes are raised where this is do or die now. Like if I don't get this done, I won't be able to sleep, I won't be able to eat, I won't be able to function, I won't be able to live. I need to get I need to get done. Is it does it sort of get to that moment where it's that manic sort of just obsessive sort of thing where you just need to execute it, need to finish it. It it does. It doesn't get that bad. I, oh, I do yeah. forget to I do forget to eat sometimes. Where it's just you know, and uh, I you know it, there there have been lunches that I've missed, and I looked up at my watch and it's like, oh geez, it's three p.m. Oh my god, how did I miss? How did I miss lunch? You know, and then I realize, oh wait, I am hungry. Oh crap! Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I, I you know you get in the zone and and you just you're, you're doing stuff, you're learning stuff, um, and I think you know especially when. Especially, I, I love, you know, I love technology. I love music business, um, and I love just a lot of like the tech, the more technical side of of um, music, in terms of, uh, you know, not, not in terms of like ground that has already been tread. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not super obsessed with like, oh, how this compressor releases comparatively to like this other like U forty five compressor. You know, I'm I'm not not in like in a gearhead way, but I'm sort of more like in a um experimental kind of like, ah, oh, I wonder I wonder if you could hook up a uh uh an in ear monitoring system into a computer to live stream over YouTube. Huh, I wonder if you could do that. You know, and then you get lost for two days like figuring that out. Um so I, I don't know. It's just, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, sometimes I do get a little obsessive, and I think you know back back to circle back to my other story when we were getting away for a little while to go uh, to Florida and just relax. You know, I think there was a, I think there was a, a the, there was a there's a side effect from, and I I kind of see it now, right? You know, I you you had sort of said earlier it, it, when we were talking that um, you know I, I take a lot of the the brunt of the work uh, for better, or for worse uh, of the band. And, and that's of my own doing and, and I'm perfectly happy doing it. Um, but you know, when, when you make something and you're, and you're working on it for so long and, um, and it doesn't turn out, you know, it doesn't have quite the impact in the way that you expected it to, you know, I think that for a lot of creative people that can be really sort of draining. And I just, I think at that point I'd run into a situation where I had a bunch of these finished things that I, you know, did all myself was super, very, very proud of. And I was expecting people to look at it and go like, Whoa, you know, and it, and, and the reaction that I got from a lot, you know, from a, the, just the general internet, you, you could say, right. <laughs> it was sort of like a, all right, sweet. You know, it wasn't like a, Whoa, it was like a, uh, yeah, all right, cool, dude, cool, dude, you know, kind of a thing. Um, so I like, like, you know, a, a tangible example for the, for the last, the last album, right, that we did, uh, Shadows from the Past, we, um, you know, we, we, we recorded it all ourselves, and I made eight music videos uh, wow. for it, and it's a 10-album it's a 
or it's a 10 song album. Um, so, you know, I did, I did eight music videos in, over the course of a year. Um, and one, pretty much one was coming out just about every month and a half, sometimes every, like every month, you know, when we were really pushing the album and, I, you know, of course, I didn't want to do just like a, oh, band playing on stage sort of music video, you know, so every single one had to be different and unique. So the first one, I, I, I came up with, and I actually coded this myself, I came up with a new and novel way to film somebody's face and have the computer programmatically turn the face or the words or whatever you were filming, you know, a drummer or whatever, uh, into fire in, in a new sort of like programmatic way that nobody had ever done before. And I was all excited about this. I'm like, oh my God. And Britney Slays from Alicia Archer's was on this, was guest vocal on this track. And I'm like, oh my God, people are going to flip their lid about this thing. You know, and it was sort of like, eh, you know. And then the next one, like... <laughs> I, I taught my like you know like I said I taught myself CGI because I had to put a buzzsaw on the front of a spaceship, <laughs> and you know and the whole thing we we did all in CGI and there was like holograms involved and you know that was new, and then the next one after that was in VR so it was fully shot in 360 and you know you could do you could put on a VR headset and be like in the music video, um, you know or you could pull it up in your phone and move your phone around and and and, and so they were doing all of these things that were so you know from a PR perspective, I'm like, oh my god, this all of these are home runs because you know, it's not like band releases music video. It's you know, uh, lead singer uh, finds a way to programmatically turn anything into fire. Lead singer, you know, uh, uh, makes 360 music video that for use in you know with with HTC Vive. I mean, there was all these you know <laughs> easily easily things that you could just turn into PR wins, and just all of them just seemed to go. At, at the time, just kind of seemed to go nowhere. Um, and the thing that really broke my brain was, uh, you know, we'd done all these music videos and, um, and I'd gone on the vacation. I've sort of chilled out and we came back and uh, we had a friend of ours. So a friend of our drummers called us up and he's like, hey, man, I run a, a you know, small YouTube like reaction channel uh and he, he mostly did like women react to x y or z so it was like women react to extreme metal or women react to you know x-rated music videos or it was all like music related and and somebody on the chat uh said you know in the women re react to metal said oh you should do metal bands react to pop you know, and he's like, huh, I know a metal band. So he called us up, you know, and, and I, I, I thought, I, I, you know, I didn't think this, anything was going to come of this. It was just sort of like, a, oh, yeah, I'll go, go and have a few beers and talk shit about a pop videos for, you know, whatever. And, uh, and, and, that, and we did that. And then that, like the, the YouTube algorithm somehow reached down its hand and, and blessed that video, you know? And then, and that has like one, one and a half million views. And that was the thing that like, then everybody went over and saw our, our, the, the eight music videos that, that we, you know, or at least a, a subsection of the eight music videos. Like that was the thing that really catapulted our YouTube presence and it's just sort of, you know, it from I'm I'm happy that it worked that it, you know, it happened, but it just sort of broke my brain because it's like I put all of this effort into these go oh, and then it, and then I you know I go talk shit about pop music videos and then boom, that's the thing that works. It's like, ah, why? I mean, it, <laughs> I see this all the time. I've got so many friends that put so much into what they do and create stuff that I mean it's it's it, 
uh, it's not even constructive to say it because it's sort of like like 10 years ago, this stuff would have been amazing. Like everyone would have freaked out, you know, this is, yeah. this is groundbreaking stuff. And now it's almost like this, um, you know, it's sort of like the TikTok sort of thing where, you know, you, you're almost encouraging the stereotype narrative of people only have a t- the attention span of 10, 15, 30 <laughs> seconds and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's like when... You know, years and years ago when, you know, we had uh, the, you know, air quotes, illegal downloading of music. And then, you know, it was too easy for people to skip songs and streaming started to come in. And so everyone's right. like, well, no one's got the attention span to listen to a full album anymore. So they just kept building and building on this narrative. And so now, like, I see people that just put everything into what they do and anything that years ago would have just broken like the atten- the attention of anybody out there just totally would have brought them in is right. now like just getting put to the side because suddenly there's there's this ridiculous you know family dancing in a room to something some shitty song because it's covid-19 <laughs> and we're all locked inside like it's a prison you know blah 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 and it's just like yeah. it's it's just it's weird because you know you watch people just slowly dying on the inside <laughs> just going oh what do i do and <laughs> And especially now, I mean, this is a big thing that I'm noticing, and and you, I, I've noticed some. I've got to watch it later because uh, you put up a video, I think, uh, only only a few hours ago, where you were talking about uh, improving your live streaming. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, because you've got so many people that are stuck inside now, and you've also got this segment of people, a large segment of people that rely on entertaining and performing and getting out there, and they're all jumping over now into live streaming. The, the amount of noise out there is insane. You know, it's just there's so yeah. many people just trying to get your attention. You know, you just flick through any news feed or any sort of social media feed and it's just it's just nonstop. So it's it's harder than ever. I mean, it's it's fun. It's exciting because there's just so many opportunities out there. But at the same time, you look at it and go, man, like how do I, how do, I do something that's going to cut through the noise but not kill myself in the process trying to do it? it- yeah, I mean, it, and I agree with you 100%. And that's something that it, it's it's always a it's always a tough a tough dance, you know, for for people like like you and me who you know we really put a lot of time and effort and love into the the music and and the videos and all that sort of stuff that we make. And and you know, it, in the grand scheme of things, it is a, a blip on the radar of all of the sea of content out there. Um, and so I think I think. Uh, Something that has been kind of hard for a lot of us, for me especially, but I, I know a lot of people is, is you know, learning to sort of let go and to and to thrive in the, or, you know, to to sort of build towards that environment of okay, I've got a you know a short attention span theater here, you know, maybe maybe I do actually need clickbaity titles and horrible thumbnails. Maybe I do actually, <laughs> you know, need to. Um, invest some time into figuring out 30 second videos for Instagram, you know, to push people towards like the full album. I mean, it's, it's all that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on right now. uh, Just in terms of, like you said, in terms of, you know, people live streaming in terms of people trying to push this feed, that feed. And a lot of the live streams are just bad. I mean, they're just really horrible, (laughs) you know, and and that was part of the the thing that my video today was trying to help address. I, I came out with the, for, for those listening who haven't seen it yet. So youtube.com slash swords of the trident. I, I run a, it used to be monthly. I, I ran a monthly like DIY advice 
video um, thing called Words of Fang, where I would kind of break down a a topic in a very you know small to medium band size uh, uh, fashion sort of approach, right? And um, and the one I did this month. So so now now that we're all locked inside and I have absolutely nothing else to do and I can't see any of my guys, uh, I've been doing them weekly because you know I've been going crazy sitting on my hands doing nothing and playing video games so um so the one that i just released was yeah it was about you know using using the tools that you already have you know stuff stuff from your home studio small recording interfaces free amp sims that kind of stuff to make your live stream actually sound halfway decent because yeah there's so many i've seen so many people that are just like sitting in front of their macbook with an acoustic guitar just singing and i'm like wow this this i mean it sounds okay but uh, it doesn't sound great and it doesn't really it doesn't really recreate that that experience of like being in a being in a show or you know being able to hear things clearly uh, one of the one of the bands that really inspired uh, me uh in terms of you know the live streaming and stuff like that, and we kind of came into this at the same time. But the, one of the bands that inspired me making this video was uh, Psycho Stick. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with those no. guys. Um, they're a, they're hilarious. They're a comedy metal band. Um, they they've been around for a, a million years. Um, they they were pre YouTube. They came out with this song called um, "Beer Is Good." Um, <laughs> All right, I'm, and, I'm one over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, and they are, and they are, they have a huge fan base. We've toured with them quite a bit, and they have a absolutely gigantic. They're hilarious, and they have a huge fan base. But you know, um, like like me and like you, you know, we're getting older here, and we're not not getting any younger. And uh, you know, for for like a twenty one, twenty two year old, you know, being on the road for four or five weeks at a time, you know, that might sound like fun, but for, you know, us old guys here, I mean, it's, it's kind of draining and it, you know, it kind of takes away from the day job and all that sort of stuff, if you can even do it. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, they've moved into a lot of, uh, they've, they've been moving into doing a lot of um, uh, like full concert streaming uh, from their, like their practice studio and they have multiple cameras. They have everything professionally mixed um, and they make like, Dude, they, the last, I don't know, they, they, they do it, now they do a show like every Thursday. And every single show, I kid you not, they have been making something along the lines of like four to five grand. Wow. Uh, just just in donations. And of course, they're, they're giving half of that to like the WHO's COVID-19 fund. Mm. But like... It, I mean, they're they're making crazy bank on this, you know, just doing these live shows. Um, so it's you know it it it's definitely, you know, if you do the live shows right, if you promote them right, if you if you treat them, you know, with the same care that you would treat uh, a real live show. I mean, you can really continue to build a fan base and continue to to you know to make money during during this weird time uh, all of our live uh, shows or live streams we do a live podcast um you know we've we we've been making pretty decent money uh on those on those things just from youtube super chats and donations and all that sort of stuff um the thing i'm doing uh tomorrow the quarantine karaoke uh or you know if this is this is probably going up a little later so people can watch the replay on the youtube channel um but that the whole gist of that is you know we're, we're raising money for COVID-19 kind of stole that whole idea from PsychoSick, but uh, people will come in and, you know, pledge 
uh, I have a whole list of songs, you know, that, that you can make me sing. Uh, some, you know, are more kind of in, in my style and some are, you know, like the Spice Girls. <laughs> some are more, more dumb. Um, and I have it, you know, priced out based on kind of how difficult or how dumb the song is. Uh, and uh, so you can pledge using Super Chats um, what you want me to sing and I will basically sing whatever you want. You can also pledge in in the chat to either have me take a drink or do a shot. So as the, <laughs> as the night goes on, and I'm, I mean, this thing's probably going to run for, you know, two, three hours. Cause I have a lot, I have a lot of songs planned. Um, so, I mean, as the night goes on, it's going to get, you know, shittier and shittier and funnier and funnier. So. <laughs> I love it. I reckon that's so good. I mean, the good thing, I've, cause we've sort of known each other at least from a distance and we've, and luckily we've, we've met as well. Um, but yeah. it's, it's only been, you know, it's only been a few years um, but in that time, I mean, I've just watched from afar what what you you guys collectively have been doing, and it's almost like uh, sounds weird to say, but you've you've almost sort of set yourselves up to absolutely maximise a period like this where you already had the tools. You you guys were already thinking along these lines. Whether it came from inspiration from another band, you, you guys have already started to have that sort of work ethic and that method sort of in place as far as interacting with people online, doing all these different mm-hmm. mediums, not just worrying about, you know, a live stream of, of a performance or anything like that, but, you know, also doing podcasts, also doing interactive stuff with, with your audience, your crowd. And, you know, I mean, I've been watching your Patreon stuff and the amount of stuff that you guys create and put in there is just incredible. So coming into like a period like this where, you, you can see other people have never done this before. And as you said, like, get the MacBook out with the acoustic guitar and desperately trying to win over your affection because they can't get on a stage anymore. You know, right. you, you guys are, are, are there and pretty much equipped to keep charging forward to a degree. And so that's, it's pretty exciting. It's cool to, cool to watch it all happen. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I'm glad you brought up the Patreon because, like, the, the Patreon was really a lot of the driver for the for all for all of this you know mm. it it doesn't hurt that a bunch of us are you know well all of us are you know nerds at heart and you know or or just plain old nerds <laughs> and we and we love technology and we you know and and we are you know kind of on the internet 24/7 so we have that idea or that pulse of like you know what's going on what do people enjoy doing you know in terms of like how how are they consuming their media you know uh in in ter- and more to the point of I, I run into a lot of bands that and I'm sure you do too, you know that that have this idea of like okay you know oh we're gonna make this CD and we're gonna put it out and then we're gonna then a manager's gonna find us and then we're gonna be you know we're gonna be touring and we're gonna make a living off of our just our CD sales and you know <laughs> selling records and it's like yeah dude no you know so um, especially nowadays with you know this this generation and just the the area that we're in. So, so we, you know, we moved over to this whole, we, we were, we, we, we moved over to crowdfunding early. We, we were, um, we started up a Kickstarter, um, I think maybe a year, eight months to a year after Kickstarter had actually founded itself and it had started. We, we did our first one and I was very, 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 very pessimistic mm. about, about crowdfunding. When we started, um, and it was funny. Here's here's a quick funny story of our first Kickstarter. Um, I brought up to the the idea to the guys, and the guys were also very pessimistic because, I guess, from from our perspective, and maybe from a lot of musicians' perspectives, um, you know, you 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 say to yourself, well, who the heck is going to want to give us money 
like at all you know yeah, yeah we make money it shows a little bit but like who's gonna open their you know their wallet and type in their credit card number and give us like 50 bucks for a cd and a t-shirt and a signed poster and blah 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 when we're just some dudes living in the basement you know so we had that we had that sort of mindset starting up our, our first kickstarter and it was a, still a new thing at the time right so that that worked in terms of mental state that worked against us where we're like, well, nobody's going to want to do this, but it was also new and fresh and like exciting. So, you know, that worked towards our goal in the long run. So, so anyway, we, we, we had an EP coming out and we're like, well, let's try this Kickstarter thing. And, um, we had a goal, you know, our total costs, we were, we weren't doing a whole lot with it. It was a, a very small EP. Our total costs are going to be around $1,500 us. And, uh, and and we and so I you know I told the guys I'm like okay look uh, we're, let's just do it for like 700 bucks right and then we'll just we'll, we'll just you know we'll, we'll see how it goes we'll run a 30 day campaign we might have to throw in a few dollars you know at the end to like make it to our goal but like you know we'll, we'll give it a shot and we'll see what happens I and so I said to them uh, I'm I'm reasonably sure we're gonna make. $700 if we throw, if we each throw in, you know, maybe 50 bucks or whatever. Um, and then we'll do, you know, they, they said we should have a stretch goal. So I'll say like, okay, our stretch goal is going to be $1,400, double, double the price or double the, the goal. And then we'll like, ah, we'll give away our first CD to, to everybody who pledged over, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. And then, um, and then, the, you know, they said, oh, they also said, I went to this seminar, you know, for doing Kickstarter stuff. And they said, oh, you, they also said you should do like a, like a funny stretch goal that you know will never happen, but it'll be something that people can talk about. You know, so I said, okay, how about this? If we make $2,100, which is three times our, you know, <laughs> our goal, we'll do a sexy calendar. It'll be the, it'll be the men of Lords of the Trident, sexy calendar. And, um, and everybody laughed. We're like, yeah, $2,300. That'll never happen. <laughs> Let's do it. And, uh, or, or $2,100. And, and at the end of the, you know, we, we made our goal. We made our $700 goal in, in 24 hours. <laughs> and so we look at this and we're like, oh crap, you know? And I mean, it's good, but we're like, uh oh. Uh, and then at the end of the 30 day period, we had something like $2,300. So we ended up having to do the sexy calendar, <laughs> um, which, which the guys have promised that I never ever do again as a, as a stretch goal. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, but you know, some of the guys, maybe not so much, um, <laughs> but you know, so, so we got into, we got into crowdfunding early and we've had a lot of success with crowdfunding and I, um, and we started up a Patreon, you know, maybe about a year to a year and a half after Patreon had kind of started becoming a, a thing uh, more for musicians and less just for YouTubers. You know, when it started mm -hmm. up, it was kind of more on the YouTuber side of things. And we were, you know, we were marginally active on YouTube, but nothing like we are today. So we, uh, but I, I saw a, I saw like a comedy group that I really, really enjoy uh, called Mega64 um, started up a Patreon and their whole pitch was like, look, we're going to keep putting out stuff. Uh, you can donate to this if you want. It's completely optional. Uh, so, you know, if you want to see us make more things faster, you can donate here, but you don't have to. And they, they opened it up, you know, with no, like almost no prizes and almost nothing. And, uh, about a week later, they had $11,000 a month wow. coming in. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, I was looking at that. I'm like, holy buckets, you know, like, <laughs> all right, I will, uh, I will, I will, I will think about starting up a Patreon. And then I started thinking about it. And then of course, like 48 hours later, I had it all up and running. <laughs> Cause that's just, <laughs> once you have an idea, man, you know? Um, but, uh, 
so yeah, so we we've been doing the Patreon thing for pretty solidly for like three, three and a half years at this point. And that more than anything else has been a complete and total game changer for for how we how we do this band, how we think about this band, and what kind of content we are striving to create. Um, because yeah, we we put a lot of we put a lot of um, a lot of content out on the Patreon, and we push a lot of people towards the Patreon pretty constantly. Um, and and you know for good reason. At the moment, the Patreon is our number, like our easily, easily, easily our number one source of income. Um, we're making uh, about uh, 1750 bucks a month on the Patreon, which is in, mm. in Australian dollars. It's, it's 2000 mil- about a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, in dollar dues, it's 2725 Australian dollar dues hey, a month. Um, so, I mean, and, and you know, e- even when it was so, – so the whole – the podcast, right? I was like, oh, we should – we started up this Patreon. I'm like, maybe we should start doing a podcast. And the guys were like, eh, I don't know. Who's going to want to hear us talk, you know, for an hour about what kind of food we're eating and movies we're watching and blah, 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 you know? And so I made it a stretch goal on the Patreon and then boom, it, it became popular. And it's now it's a, you know, a driver of people towards that. And, and we turned it into a live show and now we're actually like making, you know, a hundred to 150 bucks every time we do this, this, um, this podcast. Um, and then, you know, and, and a bunch of this other stuff was drivers, you know, for the Patreon because we're getting that money in because we're trying to make more stuff for it. So, like, we we got a bunch of money saved up from the Patreon and we bought uh, an in-ear monitoring system, you know, so we don't have to put up with the crappy uh, monitors at, you know, club, whatever club we're playing at, mm-hmm. you know, that night and whoever, how the, the, whatever level of drunk the sound engineer is, you know, uh, <laughs> we don't have to put up with that anymore. We can just have the same mix every night. And then from that, you know, because we got that from the Patreon money, I'm like, well, there's got to be a way that we can kind of give back to the Patreon, to the Patreon people, to the patrons. And so, you know, we, we started, um, grabbing a, a multi um we, we grabbed a multi-track uh uh recordings off of the earbox because you know it's basically a digital mixer and so I, I bring that back i mix it um i mix not only us but i mix all all the bands we play with all the opening bands um send them out like a fully mixed bootleg of their their whole show and we do that for our patreon backers we do it for every show um, so we do kind of like the Pearl Jam approach of like every show's got a bootleg and you can, you know, if you were at this show, you can download it. You can listen to other shows. Uh, all you need to do is toss in a buck a month and you know, that's it. And it doesn't really cost us a whole lot cause we're just, you know, we've already paid for this thing, but you know, it, it's, it's great because the Patreon every month, it's like, you know, it's guilt money, right? You, 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 <laughs> you, you get this giant, you get this giant sum of money dumped in your lap like at the beginning of every month and then you look at it, you know, or at least I do, I look at it and I'm like, Oh man, uh, that's a lot. What, what, geez. You know, even when it was only a couple hundred bucks, it was like, Oh God, what have I done for them lately? I got to do something. Oh, I got, I got, I got to, I, I got to make something. I got to make a video or I got to, I got to do something. Cause they just get, I just got 200 bucks. Like, Oh man, I got to do something, <laughs> you know? And now, and, and then you rinse and repeat, like you make a video and then you get more, people backing your patreon because you you're making stuff constantly and then and then and then you get guiltier and guiltier and guiltier you know as, as the time goes on and then you're like oh god i need to make another you know youtube series to keep these people you know happy like and in, in reality right nobody cares a lot of the people that are we we do um we do every year we do a, a survey of our patreon backers and you know we we do these have these questions of like well if you know if we didn't 
if if we weren't giving out prizes or if we weren't giving you t-shirts or if we weren't making bootlegs or whatever like would you still support the patreon you know like what to what level does the prize influence your pledge and every year about 75 to 78 percent of people on the patreon are like i don't care if you put out anything i'm just supporting you because i like your band and i want you want to see you guys do well you know so you know so so in reality we don't really need to do all this sort of stuff but i won't I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and delude myself that it's that it's not helping. Mm. Um, so that, so all of that drive, right, towards making a podcast, towards doing the bootlegs, towards um, once we figured out how to do bootleg, we're like, well, could we could we also record a bootleg and live stream this to YouTube at the same time? Because we made we made a so for for people out there, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of pe- bunch of different people who listen listening to your podcast. For the people out there who are not familiar with an in ear monitoring system um you know you're you're a band you show up to the club um you have a sound guy who's varying levels of drunk and and he will you know send you uh audio back to the stage well some nights you get a really great sound guy and he does a really good job but most nights you don't don't. and and it's hard to hear your vocals it's hard to hear your guitar it's hard to hear the drums you know whatever so we have created a box that basically hijacks the mic signals and runs them to a centralized mixer um, that goes into our ears. So every single night we have the exact same mix. We can hear everything exactly how we want it. We don't even have to bug the sound guy to set up the, the, the things. So we, we created when we did this, right? Cause I'm sure you've had this situation too. We've had a situation where we've showed up to a club and actually this happened very, very recently. It happened two months ago. We showed up to, we showed up to a club and the sound guy is either, out sick or dead or got fired <laughs> yesterday and nobody told you, you know, and, and it's like, uh, do you guys know how to run sound? So they expect you to like run sound at the same time that you're playing, which is impossible. Um, so we made a, we made a mix called the drunk sound guy mix. Uh, that's just, it's just a stereo signal. It's a left and a right. And it's, and it's, you know, the, the band is generally mixed like reasonably okay for just about any room. So once we had that, we're like, Oh, could I run this, this like fully mixed thing out to YouTube and like set up a webcam and do a live stream. And it turns out, yes, you can. So, you know, like, we were already set up before this whole COVID thing hit to do live streams that are fully mixed, to do podcasts that are like, you know, making us money to, to, to continue to get income, you know, even, even when we can't go out and play, which is not something that a whole lot of bands can, can say. So we're, we've been really, really lucky, really fortunate. And we are absolutely a hundred percent, you know, indebted to everybody who jumps on our Patreon and helps us out. Even, even the people at a buck, you know, a buck a month. I mean, it's just like, that is the engine that drives the band right now. I love this stuff because I'm going through it at the moment. I'm just trying to work out, you know, I'm going through that sort of step where you guys did it years ago, a Kickstarter sort of thinking, oh man, who's going to, who's going to throw money (laughs) our way? Like how, how am I sort of, what, what right do I have to put it out there and and ask for anything? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically like pleading for people just to pay attention to me, let alone throw money at me. So I've, right. I've been going through a lot of that and getting closer to sort of jumping that chasm into into that next uh, next realm for myself personally. But um, putting the money aside, I mean, no doubt just psychologically 
just having, I guess, as you said, that guilt money coming in and sort of the accountability in place, even if it actually exists or not from from your um, Patreon community. I mean, all this stuff that you're doing as a result of that, I mean, is it fair to say that a lot of it wouldn't have happened had you not had this sort of this thing, this mechanism in place where you guys are being held accountable psychologically to think of new things to do, build stuff, try and work out what's going to be something that I can put in front of our growing community each month. Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. You know, I mean, if, if we, uh, I, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of, uh, you know, you and I both talk to a lot of bands that get stuck in this mindset uh, that it's still 1980, you know, that, that they can still, that they can just, they can just, you know, put their nose to the grindstone and, and put out a good album and then magically, you know, everyone will pay attention to them. And it's just, that's just not the case anymore. You, you really have to diversify your, uh, your offerings. You, 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 have to, you have to do video. You have to be on the internet. You have to do social media. You have to, you know, cause, cause you never know, you know, what's going to hit case in point, the whole metal musicians react mm. to pop, you know, you have no idea what's going to hit and, and it might not be your music, but if you find something that hits and that works for you and that drives a lot of people, um, then they will, then you have a captive audience for them to check out your music. Um, so, you know, the, the music might not be the, the music is the main thing, uh, uh, ultimately, but it might not be the thing that, that gets the, eye, that gets the ears or the eyeballs on you. Um, it, you know, I, I, it, interestingly enough, I was just playing a video game, um, that came out in uh, 2014 called Alan Wake and, uh, the band Poets of the Fall, uh, did like almost a, a ton of the music for it, oh, wow. and and it was like you know if if you were a big fan of uh, of, of video games or if you were a big fan of of this specific company that this same company made like Max Payne and a bunch of very famous video games like if you're a fan of this kind of company or these kind of games you know there's a chance that you wouldn't you'd have no idea who Poets of the Fall would be but if you really loved Alan Wake oh well maybe I maybe I'll check out this post of the fall band and you know so it's that kind of like if if they had said no to like hey you guys want to you know uh, you guys want to appear on a in a video game and like do some you know some dumb little songs for it you know if they would have said no then they would have missed that opportunity so I think yeah I think it's it's you have to sort of diversify you have to you have to force yourself to to be <laughs> force yourself to be interested and in, you know f- for the band's sake right in in all of these different ways that you can that you can reach audiences that that may, maybe you don't know are out there yet um, and i think too you know to kind of go back to the patreon and the whole the whole guilt money thing too you know um, having having something other than, you know, just you guys need to make music and put it out. Um, you know, thinking about a band as more of like, um, and I, you know, this is a, a term that a lot of people don't like, but, you know, it's like content creators mm. instead of, instead of just music, you know, music is content, but so is video. And so is, you know, it could be a blog. It could be a podcast. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, thinking about creating content that all ties into a central hub where it's like, okay, well, you know, people, people might not like my music, but maybe they're, maybe they're fans of Lords of Trident, uh, 
for my advice columns that I do for like DIY bands, you know, I mean, anything that I'm talking about isn't specifically applied to metal. It could apply to country or pop or anything. I mean, you know, so, um, or maybe they don't like my advice columns, but they like my uh, music video or my, my cooking channel or, you know, I don't have a cooking channel, but I'm just like, you know, who, who knows, you know, you, you're, you're creating all this stuff and you're putting it under that one roof. And then the people that, the people that really drive you and keep you going and keep you moving towards that are the people that are financially supporting you directly. So your patrons, right? So you, you get on Patreon and you get these people that are willing, that love you enough to give you uh, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. Sometimes we have one guy giving us 60 bucks a month, um, which is crazy, you know, which is absolutely crazy. But he like, he's like, you guys are my favorite band of all time. And I'm like, Oh, uh, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that, but you, you put, you know, we have a couple people that have like tattoos of, of our, and I'm like, dude, don't no, yeah. God. I mean, you know, do you, do, do you have so any fans pressure. that have, do you have any fans that have Lord tattoos? Yeah, we've got a few. And, um, it's, and then like, it's, it, it's so it's, weird. It is weird. It, it's, 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 it's a conflicting, uh, set of emotions that, that flow through you when you see them, because it's like, that's so cool. Like amazing. Oh, look at what we're doing. Look, you know, we're having this impact on people on the other side of it's like, when are they going to start regretting it? When are they start, <laughs> yeah. when are they going to start being disappointed in us? Or when are they going to start saying something like now the pressure is so much, Oh my God, they're going to regret. This is horrible. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, <laughs> it's just, Oh man. It's yeah. So I, I understand those feelings. I broke the news to the guys that, you know, when we had somebody who, who was not in the band who had their first Lords of the Trident tattoo, you know, I sat them down. I'm like, okay, guys, look, I, I'm just, there's no easy way to put this, but we can never suck. We can <laughs> never, ever, ever suck. We need to be good all the time because somebody just got a tattoo and, and they're like, no, no, that's so cool. But no, uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's those type of people that, that have the tattoos and that are, you know, that put their money where their mouth is, mm. who are giving you money on a monthly basis, who are invested as like part of your team you know, because that's what they basically are. They want to feel like part of your team. They're they're directly helping you. They're directly they're they're the people on the inside that have the know how that have the you know that have the lead singer's phone number who can call them up if they really need to ask them a question about you know blah blah blah. Um, those are the people that are are the most important to any band. I mean, the the super fans are are the main source of growth. You know, because I mean, like, same thing with you guys, right? You get one guy who has a Lord tattoo, he's going to tell every person he sees, you know, at any festival about how cool Lord is, Mm. you know, and, and, you know, that, that one person alone is going to, is going to get you, you know, a hundred more fans. So, I mean, I, I really take Patreon as, as sort of like the sounding board and sort of the, the, the depository of like, here's where all of our number one fans live. And if I put something out on Patreon that people love and the general internet just couldn't give a crap about, then I know, okay, I'm going in the right direction because I want more people that, you know, love this stuff enough that they're going to like give me 10 bucks a month to keep doing it. And, you know, I could care less if the general internet hates it because you know in in that wide general internet you're going to find one or two or three or four guys that will be the the next super fans that are you know introduce a hundred more people to your band so yeah i mean patreon patreon and, and the and the guilt money but also that 
sense of community and that sense of people being invested in your project, that's the thing that really sort of gets my creative juices flowing of like, okay, what, what else can I make for these people? You know, because it's like, they're, they're not only giving me money, but they're like, they're cheering us on constantly. You know, I mean, that one guy's like, you're my favorite band of all time. It's like, oh, geez. Okay. Well, I better make something cool now. Holy cow. (laughs) You know, I better suddenly get better. Like even though, even though he thinks we're already the best band in the world, we've got to get better. That's, that's, that is exactly. And this is, ties all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. That is exactly why you see me doing opera right now. Um, I've been, um, I've actually been studying opera under a doctor of voice uh, for, for about a year and a half now. And um, our, so we, we did a live stream event right at the beginning of this whole lockdown thing um, where it was, it was called Fang Sings the Classics. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, the, what I did is I, I basically did a, a recital of the, you know, seven or eight different uh, opera arias that I had been uh, working on over the past year and a half. Um, and that was our most watched, like, live stream thing ever, wow. ever, ever. It was crazy. And it was just me singing classical music. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and, and, and the reason I'm doing it, you know, is just because you get to a point, you know, and, and of course, you guys, you guys have been there. You get to a point where you're not, you're not really, you know, playing and touring with like the the with like the Pee Wee League anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. There's not a, not a really not a really you know easy way to say it, but it's like you're not playing with like the you're not routinely playing with like you know the the guys down the street that have a band in their garage and maybe they practice this week. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you start to you start to tour with the people who you know, if they're not doing it for a living, they're pretty close. Or the people who have been, you know, um, who, who take their art and their live performances incredibly seriously, and they're uh, established bands, you know. And then you start to get into, you know, you, you might be the best band amongst the, you know, the, the lower level, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, right? The, the sort of lower tier bands. You might be the best band amongst that band, but then you start touring with, you know, bigger bands who have been around for a while and take their craft seriously. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like, well, maybe I'm not as good of a singer as I could be. Maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously. Maybe I should branch out a bit and kind of improve my skills, you know, and that kind of stuff. I mean, play, playing with playing with Unleash the Archers and just, you know, hanging out with Brittany and, uh, and you know, generally ta- talking opera. I was an opera fan kind of before I started studying it, but um, made me go like, oh yeah, I should really kind of, up my game a little bit if I want to actually, you know, do like a full on tour with these guys. Cause they'll just wipe the floor with us every single night. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, but and that, that's, that's what makes it interesting from a, from a fan perspective, like a supporter, someone who can see, cause no doubt when you're sharing, you know, this, this content with people, you're, you know, especially within your inner, your inner community, you're, you're sharing a bit of this narrative as well with people. So people are watching, your own journey, what you're doing, and no doubt seeing progress over time as well. So it's it's yeah. kind of exciting because, as you said before, like they're they're directly contributing to the machine that you guys collectively are creating. And inside that machine, there's so many different things that are going on, which make it interesting and it's multifaceted and it's 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 exciting. And so suddenly, people are going, "Well, I'm 
I'm not just supporting in the way of acknowledging your existence and giving you a bit of social media love and things like that, but I'm actually directly financially contributing towards you guys just getting better as as a band collectively and individual individuals. So it's um I think it also takes away that sort of pressure of you know when when you start out in a band you expect that you're going to well the the goal is to win over the masses and I think once you get past that and you realize now that the way that we're connected to each other is that you only need a really small circle of people. I mean we always want that circle to be bigger but you know, you only need a very small circle of people that absolutely, they're absolutely diehards about what you do. And that's more than enough to keep your band pumping and continuing to do what you do and what you love. And as soon as you've got that inner circle of people, then you can, you can go from there. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's so many bands that I, <clears throat> that I find out about, you know, and I'm sure everybody has the same experience. You know, you find out about a band through, through, you know, one channel or another and you and you dig into them and then you're like oh my god these guys have been around for 10 years like wait Mm. where how how did i not like i love this like how did i not know about this sooner you know and and the, the 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 realization that comes from that is like there are there are thousands thousands of bands that are just like that that you know are not household names i, I think i think honestly if if the if the you know 2000s and 2010s and and going forward um for the music industry it if, if 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 anything is sort of like the footnote or the or the the general title right of this era it's sort of the the death of the realization or the death of like giant giant bands at least in rock and metal yeah you know i mean like there's not really a new you, you can't really point to a too many bands and go like yeah they're going to be the next metallica mm. or yeah these guys are like clearly the next iron maiden or judas priest like they're they're on their way they're coming up they're going to be they're going to be there it's like no there's not a whole lot of that but what there is a lot of and what i'm what makes me you know hopeful uh, for the future and for for the future of our band and for the future of a lot of like the the mid tier bands, there's a lot a lot of mid tier bands that are doing really well that have that circle of, um, you know that small but very very focused circle of influence where they have a whole bunch of real diehard fans. You know, say they've got. If they've got a, a thousand super fans, I mean, they're basic. They're basically full time, mm. you know, and that that doesn't seem like that daunting of a number when you start to think about it. Um, there, there's a there's a point right where, and we're we're getting we're getting close ish <laughs> to it, where if if everybody, you know, if we had maybe I don't know, if we had maybe about fifty to fifty to a hundred more people pledging on, on the higher levels of our Patreon, right? Um, if, if that point happened, the 50, 50 to 100 more people, um, at least two of us could probably quit our jobs and just do the band full-time. Wow. You know, like that's, and, and, and when you say that, when you, you know, when you, when you look at that number, I mean, right now we have 225 people pledging towards our Patreon, you know, that's not, we're not talking stadiums. We're not talking, you know, I mean, and, and, and we're, and we could be making a living doing music. And I think that's ultimately right. Whether, whether everybody's dream is superstardom or not, I think everybody's base dream is just like, I want to do 
this creative stuff. I want to do this music stuff like full time. I want this to be my job. I want to, to, to sustain myself and to be able to eat and have a roof over myself just by, you know, putting out this stuff that I love and I'm, and I'm passionate about. And when you, when, when you break it down in those numbers where you're like, well, I really only need like, I don't know, 350 ish super fans to like, to, to, you know, to toss us maybe 10 bucks a month. Uh, which, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, 10 bucks a month, is that's not a whole lot. But that is, you know, you get 300 people to do that, and then and then you can quit your job, <laughs> you know? And and so that is the thing that it's like, wow, there's a lot of bands that, that are doing well that have those 300 people already. Maybe they have more, you know, that that the general masses will never hear about. You know, the, they'll never be... At least I don't foresee, unless something drastically shifts, there's not going to be another, you know, super big, crazy household name that literally everybody and their grandma has heard about, like Metallica, you know, uh, or or maybe like Foo Fighters or whatever. But but there's definitely the possibility of having um, mid-level and, and upper mid-level bands, you know, uh, be full-time musicians and, and make a living. Um, and I think it's just all in the approach. It's how you you know, how you perceive that goal and, and how you work towards it. I think um, also just having the confidence to, to take that step and sort of put yourself out there. Because in the end, I mean, the market decides whether, you know, they're going to throw any money your way or not in a, in, a, yeah. sort of, in a large sense. But, you know, I mean, I think, as we said earlier, like I think people sort of get stuck in the old romantic vibe of what the 80s was like or what, you know, the stereotypical sort of, you know, the the way to make it is to get the record label and that's how they're going to fund what you do and they're the, they're basically the gatekeepers uh, to any form of success. And, and now it's a case of, well, you've really got to be a little bit vulnerable and put yourself out there in a, in a, positive, in a positive way and just say, hey, like this is what we're doing and I'm going to give you opportunities that if you want to, you can throw money our way. It's not a case of, well... This is we're going to put everything behind a paywall, and and basically, if you know, if you if you want it, you got to pay for it. Um, it's it's a case of well, I'm just going to make sure that I don't have to continue to ask in a way, but I'm just going to make sure there's enough little avenues here that to, if you feel that there's something that you want to do, you can certainly uh, you can certainly do so. And I think a lot of bands and and just people individually just really struggle with this. So. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I think once you get past that first little step and I mean, for you guys, once I think, I mean, just from what you've explained, going through that first sort of experience with Kickstarter and just understanding that dynamic between you guys as a band doing something that you love, putting everything that you have into it, and then suddenly getting a community around you that go, Hey, you guys are actually doing stuff that we, we enjoy. And here's some money to help you continue to do what you do. Yeah. And it's almost yeah. like that's, that's the stuff, that's the spark behind it all. And suddenly it's like, Oh wow. Now I, I can build this confidence and continue to put ourselves out there and just build what we're already doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to delude anybody listening that, you know, you can just make a Patreon and, and, you know, hit go. And then all of a sudden your dreams will come true. I mean, it, it still is right. It, it's what I've been saying before. It still is a multifaceted approach. You still have to, you know, you still have to go out and, and make the fans. You still have to, you know, play shows for the most part. Um, a lot of people still have to make shows or you still have to like just make stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think, I think allowing people, um, allowing people to to give you money rather than um, 
rather than saying like you you, you got to give me thirteen ninety nine for the CD man or other, else you can't hear any of it, you know, it's like no, just give it away for free, and if they want to give you money, they will. Um, that's the thing. It, a, a lot of people, every, everybody who pledges to you know Patreon to to a creator, um, ultimately does so be, because they believe in them, and and I think also you know it, it, you get a kick out of it. I mean, like, what if? This band that you're pledging towards, that you are in the inner circle of, that you're a super fan of, you know, like legitimately you're a super fan because you're giving them money and they're talking to you directly. What if this person, what if they blow up? What if, what if they are the next Iron Maiden? And you, you know, and then 20 years down the line, you know, you still have Bruce Dickinson's phone number and you can call him up and go get beers. <laughs> I mean, like, who doesn't want that? You know, and I think that's the drive for for a lot of the people and a lot of uh, uh, supporting that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think the whole, the idea of, um, the idea of like, you know, of, of putting stuff behind a paywall and paywall only is kind of dead. I think the, the, the better, you know, thing is like allow people to give you what they can spare and then allow people to be generous if they want to. It, it, I have two, two interesting sort of anecdotes from that. There's a, um, there was a time. This is this is five, six, seven years ago, uh, where I was being. I I I had a chance to work with um, Martin Atkins, who's who was the drummer of Nine Inch Nails and Pig Face and Killing mm -hmm. Joke, and um, he is a crazy, giant, like white-haired British guy, um, just hilarious, you know. And and he's um, he's he's sort of like the king of DIY, and I feel like I'm always sort of doing a a bad Martin Martin Atkins impression um you know when i do my diy stuff but uh but i sat down with him you know and i and i went through sort of our business plan of the band going like okay well where do you think we can improve and he's like so ty what are you are you selling how much are you selling your cds for <laughs> and i'm like um 10 bucks he's like well what why are you doing that <laughs> i'm like i i don't know because that because that's what cds cost is it is it what's we'll do you think this cd costs ten dollars like I think maybe he's like, why don't you just ask the people what they want to spend for it? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? And so, so we changed, we, we, I thought about that and we changed all of our, our payment, like for CDs, right. At, at our merch booth to a pay what you want model. And like, nobody gives us 10 bucks anymore. Everybody just throws down a 20 and leaves. I mean, like, seriously, it's crazy. Um, people will just, people will give you money if you allow them to. Mm. Um, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people need to learn and we ourselves included, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think that people would want to pay $20 for a CD, but then you, you get a few beers in them and they see the show and they're like, these guys rule, you know, and they'll come up to your, to your merch, but they're like, here's a 20 man. You earned it. You were great tonight. You know, just give me whatever CD you like, you know, I mean, that has happened to us so many times. And so, so many bands are guarded, you know, they're like, well, we can't, if we, if we, if we do like a pay what we want, but what, what you want, you know, or if we just ask people for money, you know, and, they, and let them do whatever they want, then they'll just give us like five cents and they'll leave, you know, they'll take mm -hmm. all of our stuff. It's like, no, that never, that never happens. I think I can count in the last eight years, seven, eight years. I can't remember how long we've been doing this. It's been so long. Um, but I can count. I, there's two times that somebody has given us like a dollar and taken a CD. And it's like, you know what? If, if the, the, the amount of a, the amount of times that people have given us 20, 30, $40 and taken one CD completely, you know, makes up for that. B, if the guy literally only had a dollar, but he wants to take 
my music home, like I think it's more important that he has my music and listens to it. And maybe he down the road he has more money and he wants to become a fan on Patreon. I don't know, you know. Um, I think we've got to have so a bit that, more. We've got to have a bit more faith in people. I think I'm, I'm the same thing, yeah. like, and it's it's sort of like this natural reaction that you have to these outside of the box, outside of the comfort zone, um, you know, scenarios or ideas, and you sort of think. Like straight away, yeah. Like if you if you allow people to pay what what they want, then you just you ultim you automatically just go to the worst case scenario. And you just think, well, what if yeah? What if everyone comes and just pays a dollar a CD instead of what we're normally charging? But right. I think I think we've yeah we're definitely got to have more faith in people because most people are actually reasonable and are good people. You know, they're most people mm-hmm. are pretty pretty cool, and so. I think it's very hard. I think you'd have to, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, or it's a bad person who who spends the dollar for the CD. They might, you know, for whatever reason, they're doing that. But you know, in the end, I think most people will will come over and and look at this, this situation, have enough awareness to sort of think, well, all right, I this is this is where I'm going to demonstrate my value, uh, you know, or right. what, what I can provide, right. you know, and. And uh, but that's a that's a big thing for for any band to do. So and for you guys to be doing it for so many years as well. I mean, as you said, you know the the amount of times where you you're really getting virtually nothing for a CD versus the people that are spending you know three four times as much as you'd normally charge. It mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't just balance it out. It just it completely like tips the scales. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's 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 just absolutely nuts. Um, and I think too, you know, like the. The, the fear, you know, that you're talking about of like, of this change, it's, it, it, you know, you might have a bad outcome. You might, you might try something and it might not work for you, but I think that the fear shouldn't stop people from attempting it. Mm. You know, I think, I think generally uh, a lot of people, a lot of people look at, look at all the stuff that I do and they go like, man, I could never do that. Like, I could never figure that out. Like, man, you must be some like, you know, certified Mensa genius kind of. No, dude, I'm I'm super dumb. Like, come on, you know. <laughs> like, uh, there's there's YouTube tutorials on how to do anything, and I think that a lot of the the fear of what could go wrong, right, stops people from attempting and learning and 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 growing generally just growing right as as people as bands as businesses uh just because they're afraid that if they buck the 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 quote-unquote model that's been put in front of them that you know all of their hopes and dreams will crash and burn and i think um you know uh adam savage of the Mythbusters, you know he said Mm. he said failure is always an option that's one of his his main quotes you know and the, the cool thing about failure is that yeah if you fail i mean like you yeah you might fail it might be I don't know, semi-catastrophic. The only catastrophic failure is death, really. So yeah. if you don't die, I mean, you 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 will have learned so much from that experience that it's it would be worth it to try it and you know and and just to see what happens. So I you know I I, I think I think a lot of people just need to kind of get have somebody kick them in the butt and go like, yeah, just do just go try to try to put a buzzsaw on the front of a CGI you know uh, spaceship and just see what happens, man. Like you know, <laughs> you never know. Um, funny, funny side note too, um, that kind of relates to all of this. Um, you, you had said earlier, um, that people still think that, you know, you you need to be signed, um, and, and have record labels sort of intervene to, um, to sort of be, be successful. Mm. And, um, there, you know, and, and I, and I won't, I won't say that record labels are completely useless, um, because, you know, there are a lot of them have, uh, 
connections. A lot, you know, the, their use. I think nowadays their use is is PR, is yes. purely PR, and and the connections that you have for being a quote unquote you know signed artist on X, Y, or Z. Um, so be, because of the fact, I'll tell you this story because of the fact that you're familiar with like basically how much I do. Um, it it was um, and the, the the record label in shall remain nameless. Uh, but uh, it, it is a record label that has very recently sort of signed some people that are uh, that are friends of ours and you know higher profile stuff and and you know um, so I think anybody who knows a lot about Lords of the Trident um, would probably be able to infer who I'm talking about. But there was this record label who who wanted to sign us and was very interested in signing us. Came out you know sent an A and R guy out. You know, we went and we had drinks and we talked and we had this whole discussion about contracts and blah, 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 blah. And it was, we went through all of the business, you know, points, this, the, you know, X, Y, Z, the whole thing. And, um, and we talked it over and we're like, okay, I think, I think, you know, let's, let's give it a shot. It's a three album deal. We'll just like, we'll figure it out and see how it works. If it doesn't work, then we'll, you know, we'll, uh, break ties with them after three albums are done and then we'll just, you know, go our separate ways. And, um, a week later, I hadn't heard from him, you know, and I was talking, I was emailing the A&R guy and like, oh yeah, I did talk to, talk to the owner and blah, blah, blah. So he, he ended up talking to the owner and uh, there are apparently two owners of this record label. One of the owners was like, yeah, get him, get him. Yeah, get him. You know, and the other guy was like looking at us and, and he said, he said this, and I, I'm, I'm sure this, this is, the, this is the one phrase that, that broke my brain. <laughs> Um, for, for a week. I, I, I'm still pissed about this. I'm still angry about this one phrase that was relayed to me over email from the owner of this record company. Um, he said, yeah, I'm not so sure. We'd like to see you doing a little more. <laughs> and, and bear in mind, bear in mind that this was one month before we were about to go over for our first European tour that I had fully set up and booked myself and you know and and we had like like we were just about to go tour europe you know and and he's like i'd like to see you do more it's like what more do you want from me yeah i'm like (laughs) how much more do what do you need what do you want you know so yeah so you probably found yourself you probably found yourself going through like his his current roster and just sizing yourself up against the other bands going well hang on uh we're doing more than that band we're doing more than that band the the, the thing was the interesting (laughs) thing was right is that the a&r guy who met with us was very familiar with us Mm. and um he'd been following us for years and and he pitched he pitched lords of the trident to them as like you say that you want to find bands that work harder than we do, that are more interested and more invested than we are. This is the textbook band. Like, look at all they're doing, you know? And, and that was the funny thing because, yeah, I, that was exactly what I did. I went through the <laughs> roster and I'm like, you sons of bitches. Like, this band's doing nothing. This band has no YouTube whatsoever. This guy's like, you know, what, what? This band hasn't come out with a CD in three and a half years. This, you know, it's like, and, and I was like, oh man, yeah, that broke me. 100% broke. So needless to say, we did not sign with them. Um, uh, they did not come back with an offer. It, it was just, yeah, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I guess so. I, I was just gonna long, say. I was gonna say. Long, long story short, you know, kids listening, you don't need a, you don't need a record label to, uh, to tell you incorrect things to, to make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the big thing as well is, you know, I'm sure you guys have been, been through it, especially in the early stages of putting a band together. Is that you, when you think of that as an option. 
as as a big thing that you need to sort of run towards as far as getting signed and getting albums released through a label, etc. Once you mm-hmm. start to create your own little empire, you, the pressure of that sort of starts to reduce, you know. And and so, yeah, you might get this opportunity where you're sitting down and having a chat to an A&R person and you're looking at it going, hey, like, this could be really good and let's give it a go. But then ultimately, when it boils down to it, it's not do or die because you've already created mm-hmm. something that is sustainable. It's it's feeding itself. You guys all know what you're doing and and it's not like, well, this is our one shot, you know, one shot right. at glory, you know, and, and if we don't get this, then, then we're, we're going to give up. We're going to throw the talents. Like it's, it's, it's frustrating. And obviously the way that they, they've, uh, they've come back to as well is, is probably the worst part of, of the whole thing. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, in the end, it's sort of like, okay, well, they've, they said, ultimately they've said no. And you sort of step back and you go, oh, well, look, you, we keep going, we keep doing our thing. And, um, it's, it's no, it's no big negative impact on, on our operation, what we've created. Right. Right. Yeah. That was, that was the, the greatest thing that when, when we were sitting down as a band discussing, you know, this whole thing, the, the whole, exactly what you said, the whole thing boiled down to, you know, do we, do, do we need this? You know, we could, no, we could say yes to it. We could say no to it. And either way, we will be fine. Like either way, if we decide to take it, we'll be fine. If we decide not to take it, we'll be fine. Mm. You know, there, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know a few other bands that have, you know, have had the success in terms of, in terms of like um, monthly income and, and, and generating that sort of like drive, um, that that driver for for uh, for an income source. Um, there there are a couple of bands on Patreon who uh, who you know have a decent amount of of income, um, but all of them have been signed in the past and had that PR. We're we're as far as I can tell, we are the the number one most funded band in terms of dollar amount on Patreon of a band of a metal band that's never been signed. Wow! So it's so we came into that situation where we said like we don't need these guys it would be really nice to have these guys and and then they said you know the, the guys were saying like so ty what what do you, what is the pros of of signing you know with this label that you you know that you're interested in and i said uh, uh patreon backers mm. <laughs> you know what i mean but, like all, all i wanted them for you know and i think when it boils down to it nowadays like i was saying earlier all a band wants a, a record label for is is the PR and that stamp of appro- that weird ethereal stamp of approval um, that you know all of a sudden once you you know are quote unquote signed by I mean let's let's say like AFM you know mm-hmm. it wasn't AFM but let's just say AFM you get signed by AFM or you get signed by Nuclear Blast right and then all of a sudden you have that ethereal stamp of like you were signed and then you know. Uh, uh, concert promoters start to go like, hmm, maybe I will call them up and have you know, and nothing has changed for the band. You, your your songs didn't get better. You didn't suddenly become more amazing musicians. Um, you know, you could have been, you could have asked them from your Gmail account two months ago if you could play their fest, and they'd be like, who the heck is this band? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you have this weird ethereal stamp of like, you know, a nuclear blast signed lords of the trident you know and then they're like oh we need, we need to get lords of the trident on this you know kind of a thing so it, i think that's the only thing that i was interested in is, is like okay i want that that pr and i want to reach the you know the the people that only seem to follow like the the 
YouTube channels of like the, the labels, uh, just so I can find a uh, hundred more super fans to flesh out our Patreon so we can do this full time. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, and so probably a really healthy way of looking at it in a way, because you understand, I guess, all, the limitations of what a label can offer as well. And really, yeah. I mean, the way that I see labels these days, they, and they've still got some value in certain pockets. Um, and especially, I mean, look, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're their, their, their main, you know, love child in, in the mm-hmm. lab- in labels roster, then you don't have to worry about anything that they, they, you've got the backing of, of a fantastic label and they're going to bend over backwards to, to keep your band healthy. But if you're, right. if you're signing and you're at the bottom tier of, uh, of, of their, their, their roster of artists, then it's, it's almost worse than not being signed at all because you, you're, you're restricted by their rules and their, their, uh, you know, whatever contract they've, they've put in place with you. Um, right. And they also don't give a shit about you and they don't do anything for you. And so you're sitting there in this purgatory of, of this limbo where you go, I, I literally can't even do anything to, to take care of myself. But the way yeah. I look at labels now in some ways, and, and really, I mean, this is where you sort of have to be very careful, but I just see it as another, it's another attention platform. Basically, there's, there's somebody out there that's got a stage that's a little bit higher off the ground. There's a few more people standing in front of that stage and they'll welcome you onto that stage and they'll say your name and everyone gets to see you and you get to wave and say hello. And, and, <laughs> and a few more people out of that, out of a purely a ratio point of view, will, right. will like you. And we'll f- talk to you afterwards and, and stay connected with you. And then you part ways and that's it. And so for me now, it's like basically whoever commands the attention, whoever commands the audience, and it's not necessarily, ne- not necessarily a label anymore. So mm-hmm. you, could, you could be a quote unquote label, but really, I mean, it's just a case of, do you have a, a large audience that, that, uh, that commands value? And that's, that's yeah. pretty much all, all it boils down to now. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, I think, too, that we, we had a very um, – something that was very sobering to me about um, just labels in general um, is – so our, our guitarist um, was signed to Century Media years ago yeah. um, with his band, Luna Mortis, and they – uh, you know, they they got, they dropped him like a sack of potatoes. You know, after a year, or two years, or whatever, um, uh, just because like it wasn't making. They had just put out this record, and it was like three months into the record, and they got dropped. And it, you know, some some weird happened to the label in terms of management turnover, or whatever. But anyway, the the whole yeah, the whole idea that like you know, like you said, if you're not top dog on their on their on their uh, on their label, or if they're if you're not making the money, if they're not interested, actively interested in you, you know they can basically tell you to go take a hike at any moment. You know, kind of takes a little bit of the whole um, takes a little bit of whole of the whole like glamour out of this mm. <laughs> out of you know being signed signed to a label. And yeah, so I, I think I think you're 100 percent right with the way that you think about you know an attention platform. Um, and and I I would say you know that's the same thing with you know stuff like YouTube and you know, stuff, Spotify algorithms and things like that. Um, I think a lot of us are just trying to um, trying to find a, a quote unquote attention platform that works. And for a lot of bands, you know, a lot of bands tend to put their eggs all in one basket. You know, of their, oh, I'm going to be a TikTok star, or oh, I'm going to get signed to a label and tour the globe, or uh, I'm going to, you know, be number one on the Spotify rap algorithms and and you know, 
sign a deal and get famous or whatever. And it's like, you know, nowadays, especially, you really have to do everything. You have to try all of the approaches. You have to find the ones that work for you. And, and you have to, you know, continue to, to to move forward, to grow and to not stay stagnant in, in a in a mentality of like, okay, this one thing is going to work, is working for us right now. So it's going to work for us for the rest of our lives, you know, just going to keep because, yeah, because I mean, you know, Facebook could die tomorrow. YouTube could burn to the ground. Um, yeah, I mean, the way this whole quarantine is going, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we could, we could never be playing live music ever again. And so it's like, well, if you built your entire empire on only touring and only doing live shows, dude, you know, Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, I've, I've always been excited about this kind of stuff because you, you suddenly find yourself doing things that you've never done before. You know, I mean, even just before sort of transitioning into doing podcasting years back, it was sort of a case of, man, like I was just always a musician. And then suddenly it's like, I like the idea of doing a podcast. And then suddenly, you know, well, it's been years later now, but it's, you you suddenly create another aspect of your identity that uh, you can you can lean on at at any given point in time, and so absolutely. For, and now I sort of look at it and go, well, what else can I do now? Like, what what other things can I just add to the add to the repertoire of of uh, of, of whatever I've I've been doing so far? Yeah, I, I did a um, I did a words of fang uh, with another YouTuber who does uh, who's kind of also in the DIY field uh, named John McLucas, and the whole the whole topic of it is like what is the point of being a musician anymore, you know? And because there's a lot of, there's a lot of doom and gloom about, oh, you know, nobody's making any money and it's hard to see blah, 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 you know, and, and coming from like a perspective of a, of a band that, you know, wants to go the traditional route, it's very, very difficult. But, you know, what's the point of being a musician? I mean, the point of being a musician is, is exactly what you said. Like you, if, if you have that mindset of like, I'm going to diversify my skill set so that my band can grow, I'm going to start making videos. I'm going to start making a podcast. I'm going to learn how to weld and make, you know, sculptures to sell at our merch booth. You know, I mean, like you know, whatever it is, you, 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 diversify your skill set so much that you start to become an expert in these things. And then people start to, pay you money to do them. You know, like, like I said earlier when we were talking, it's like, you know, people have come to me and been like, Hey, can you record my album? You know, you recorded yours. Can you record mine? And it's like, uh, no, but you know, if, if, if I needed that money, if I, if I suddenly lost my job and I needed to become a recording engineer, it's like, I have the, the years of experience where I could, you know, start to do that. If I lost my job and I needed to suddenly start making videos, for a living, you know, corporate videos, music videos, whatever. It's like, I've got all the equipment. I've got all the know-how. I've been doing this for, for years. You know, there's no way in hell that I would have learned business tax law <laughs> if I wasn't in a band. There's no way, you know, I learned how to print my own t-shirts because that was the cheaper way to do it. And I wanted to, and I didn't know if this one t-shirt would sell or not, you know, so I wanted to make a, a batch of 10 to see if they would work or if people would love them or not. You know, so I know how to do that. It's you learn all of these amazing skills from being forced to, you know, being put in this position where you're forced to learn. Um, and I think that's the big that's the big takeaway, the big joy of of this whole journey that a lot of us, especially who are DIY focused, are 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 discovering. You know, is that you are you're growing as a person. You you might be you know putting a buzzsaw on the front of a spaceship in CGI uh, because you want because you think it would be cool for your band. But like you know, 
uh, five years down the line, somebody might pay you, you know, a thousand dollars to make them a CGI logo or something like that. I mean, you, you never know, you know. So it's it's so cool. It's like it's it's just a cool way to grow as a human. I think um I think there's heaps of people at the moment that'll be learning new skills, and I think coming out the other end, whenever whenever the uh, other side of this. Uh, this corona uh, situation uh, subsides. I think um, there's going to be a lot of people coming out with a, a, another another skill set or, or multiple skill sets um, and be taking on whatever they've been doing beforehand in a completely different way. So it's right. um, it's exciting. I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm always trying to find opportunity in anything, and um, and even if it means being stuck at home and going a little bit. Uh, little bit uh, stir crazy, a bit of cabin fever. Uh, you you try and find well, what are, what are the advantages to uh, to the situation that we're in? So it's it's cool, and and it's it's the perfect perfect excuse to be doing things that we should have been doing you know years ago. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I will. I'm going to let you go, but um, I I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff here, and it's just it just goes to show how many things you do and how much you get involved in all these different projects and things going. Cause I was writing, writing out this list of stuff. And I'm like, far out, man. Like this guy does not stop. Um, <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll put a bunch of stuff in the show notes so people can like, learn a bit more about you and, and your world and all the different things that you get involved with. Um, so obviously all the uh, social media pages, et cetera, but is there anywhere, <clears throat> is there anywhere in particular that people should start? So I think the main, you know, the main source for Lords of the Trident is just our our um, uh, our, our, our webpage, just lordsofthetrident.com. Um, obviously, I would highly, 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 highly encourage everyone to to check out the Patreon, um, and then from there, you know, uh, I would say uh, YouTube. Those are pro- probably our three most active. Um, uh, platforms at the moment would be, you know, YouTube and Patreon. Um, we're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're also on some other social media, uh, but we're not quite as active. I think Facebook's kind of our main. Facebook and Instagram are our main hubs for uh, for social media. Um, but yeah, the, the Patreon is 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 a great um, great place to start. Patreon and YouTube, I would say. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we got a band camp. We basically if you type Lords of the Trident into Google, and and we're the first fifty pages, and then it starts to get really weird. So, <laughs> well, at least you've got a few more, a few more words in your title. Um, if you just type in Lord into Google, oh man, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was, oh, I, I'm I'm still telling you, man. We got to do the Lord Lords tour. Like, we got to do Lord like. We got to do Lord Lords like over in Japan. Like you, you know, that would be so hilarious because it's like, who's playing Lord Lords? It's like, yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the promo videos you could do for it. I mean, it may not be completely politically correct, but man, like it would be, oh, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. Yeah. Yeah, man. This, uh, I look, um, I, I still think about that every time your band pops up in a news feed somewhere. And I just, <laughs> I, and I think of that conversation we had at Prog Power. Uh, a few years ago, and it's like, yeah, okay, and you could you yeah. could tell Mark that I still I still technically beat him in arm wrestling, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I you can you can let him know that I haven't forgotten, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, go and check out Fang von Rathenstein's band Lords of the Trident over at lordsofthetrident.com. They're on Patreon. Definitely go and check that out, even just for a sticky beak to see what they're up to. It's pretty cool. Um, and all their social media handles, etc., will all be in the show notes over at andydowling.net or andysocial.net. Nice and easy. But that's it, folks. Another week of podcasting. Go and support me on Patreon if you can. Um, a massive, massive thank you to all the people that support, in particular my social circle tier supporters, 
uh, Andrew from Perth, Mick G from Sydney, Ash from Deniloquin, Dan from Dapto, Rod from Rayleigh in North Carolina, Saul from Oxford in the UK, Patrick from Canberra, Liam from Brisbane, and Chris from Sydney. Massive, massive help uh, for this podcast. Uh, covers the costs of uh, just having a podcast uh, chugging away, and um, we're working closer to that first goal where I can up the ante and do two guest episodes per week. So we're getting closer and closer. We're over the halfway point. So um, come on over, support the podcast. Uh, support starts from only a buck a month, and there's additional tiers there where you get exclusive podcast episodes and other stuff as well. But um, yeah, massive thank you to everyone that supports the podcast. I have another goal, which I'm going to put out there once we get a little bit closer to goal number one. Uh, but lots of exciting things coming soon. So thank you very much. Patreon.com slash Andy Downing is a place to go and also check out Lords of the Trident on Patreon as well. That's it. Until next week, folks. Take care. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.